What makes your mom happy? Flowers. When I listen, when I be good or something. Uh-huh. I don't know. That's too tight. What makes your mom sad? When I don't listen, oh, I going to get hurt. What's something that your mom does every day? Read the Bible, cleans the house, and I think work. Kisses me. <laughs> What's something your mom always says to you? I love you and brush my teeth. Go clean the room. Behave. Don't let the dog upstairs. Do not bother mom when she's sleeping. How old is your mom? I think five. Twelve. That's a very, very tricky question. Um, I know she's um, a half and something. Seventy. What's your mom's favorite thing to do? Play with me. Sit in that chair. Date night. Shop. Shopping. Go shopping. She's shopping every day. She always wants to go shopping. Me and I get tired. Doing that, it's kind of boring. Where's your mom's favorite place to go? Chinese restaurant. An animal shelter. I think it's to the mall. Go to the restroom. <laughs> How are you and your mom the same? Our hair. Our eyes. We we'll have the same thumbs. We're really flexible. We both have long tongues, but my sister and my dad don't really. How are you and your mom different? Our eyes are different. The color of me. I'm brown and she's tan. Mom has curly hair and I have straight hair. I do have better abs. What's your favorite thing about your mom? That she doesn't like to be away from us. When she gets down the floor and plays with me. She's a really good teacher. I like her face. Her smile. When she lets me put on her makeup. That I can cuddle with her at night. She is really special. She's really, 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 really nice. How do you know that your mom loves you? She prays and she kisses me and she says, I love you. She's in my family. How she takes care of us. By making breakfast. Do my laundry. That she helps me get dressed. Takes me to all the things I do after school. That she plays games with me. Play soccer with me. Play bubbles. When I sit in her lap. We watch movies. We get our nails painted. Make a scrapbook. Fish. Outside cookouts and bonfires. She spends time with us and not all by herself. She's patient. With us. She does everything with me. Because she says it every day. Kisses me every night. And all kinds of stuff. I just know that she loves me because she says, I'll always love you. She's awesome. She loves me no matter what. Like God. I love you, Mommy. Happy Mother's Day. I think there's nothing that just warms a mom's heart than something that their kids have made or pictures. Um, I have a lot of pictures of my kids and grandkids. When we went to see them recently, I, they got tired of me taking pictures because that's going to be my memories when we're apart. And so I have those photos around my house. I have them especially in my office because I want to see those sweet faces every single day. They are important to me. They are lives that I want to put all that I have invested into their lives. I want it to be their main influence. And if you're a mom or a grandmom, you can understand about that. 
But even if you're not, you can have a lot. We all have people in our lives that we take time in our schedule to create special moments with. And they become then special memories for us. We can use photos or videos. What's really cool is they have all these uh, really great digital scrapbooks that you can make or those professional looking books. Makes you look really creative, you know. I mean, they're great. And, you know, this is why the scrapbooking industry is so huge today. It's because we want to keep memories of very special moments in our life of those that we hold dear. And, uh, you know, even if you keep uh, your snapshots in a shoebox or you have really, really old home movies, you still hold on to those things because they, they take you back to maybe how you were before or when you were younger. They also let you see people and things that are important to you right now. And I have found that they also inspire some ideas about pictures that we want to take in the future. When we were taking our second trip to Israel, I looked through all of my pictures from my, our first trip because I wanted to make a list of what I wanted to make sure I had a picture of this time that maybe I missed last time because memories are precious. And that's why I love the book of John. John is a great book in the Bible if you want to get a snapshot of what Jesus looks like because he likes to name names and places and people and, and just give you an idea of how Christ interacted with people. And um, in fact, one of my favorite chapters is chapter 12 and it's because it's like John is making a home movie or a scrapbook of the people that are attending a special dinner in Jesus' honor. And we get a bird's eye view into a little bit about them. So let's read the story together, John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus' honor, Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from the essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, the dis disciple who would soon betray him, said, That perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor. He was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied, leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. And you will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. This story can also be found in Matthew chapter 26 and in Mark chapter 14. Those two segments of scripture tell us that this special dinner was, was in the home and the host was Simon, a leper that Christ had healed. All, they also tell us that Jesus states that Mary would be remembered for what she did every time that it was read. Um, and this is probably what this, this chapter or this portion of scripture is most known for. It's probably the story you've heard many times, possibly, because it is a real common one, the story of Mary 
pouring out this perfume over Jesus' feet, wiping her feet with her, his feet with her hair, and just worshiping him. But I wanted us to kind of look at it in a little different way because I think John gives us a little bit of insight into the hearts and lives of five different people in this setting. And when we do that, I think we get an idea of how Christ, their encounter with Christ made a difference in their life. Six days before Passover is when this takes place. That meant it was just days before his crucifixion, and Jesus knew that. And here he is making a special moment with, with his close friends. If God has a scrapbook, and he has a scrapbook about this particular event, I wonder what it would look like. Possibly he'd put some pictures in there too of some previous events so that it would kind of flesh out the, the individuals in the pictures and we kind of get a good picture of what their lives were like before. And so I think what we're going to do is we're going to look at this as though it is a scrapbook story. And we're going to look at the lives that are being pictured. First, we had Simon. Simon was the host giving the dinner. Now, this was not a safe thing to do because the, the religious leaders had already put out the word if anyone saw Jesus, they were to come and let him know so that then they could come and capture him. But Simon decided he was going to do it. Uh, possibly he, he was a, a Pharisee. We're not sure. If that was true, then he would have studied about the Old Testament. He would have known a lot about prophecy. We do know for sure he was a leper. Now, leprosy was a horrendous disease. It was so horrible that it not only affected you physically, but emotionally and spiritually because you were ostracized from everyone, had to go around calling yourself unclean, and you had to be chastised sometimes because pe some people thought, well, the only reason you'd have this horrible disease is because you must be a horrible person. But we do know that Simon was healed. He was healed of that leprosy, and now he was hosting this dinner in Jesus' honor because he had an encounter with Christ that was changing his life. Next, we see Lazarus, who was a good friend of Jesus. Can you imagine what it was like to be a friend with Jesus? Sometimes we kind of think he just walked around real pious all the time. I don't think so. I think he was a good friend. Lazarus, though, became very ill, in fact, to the point where he did die. And Christ, four days after his, his burial, came to Bethany and he raised Lazarus from the dead. Can you imagine? Lazarus knew what it was like to come out of the grave. The next character we see is Martha. Now, we all know Martha and all her stories about how she was rebuked because of her priorities. But I think that for us to get an understanding about seeing how Martha is serving here, we need to look at two other situations that she was involved in that we see in Scripture. The first one is she was having a dinner in her home for Jesus and his disciples, and she was so busy. She was probably just a perfectionist, and she was wanting the job done and done right, and so she was just making orders and plans and everything for the whole event. 
And she got a little frustrated with her sister Mary. In fact, when she complained to Jesus about her lack of help, he let her know, he rebuked her and said that Mary was there wanting what was best. Being challenged wasn't something that Martha experienced only once. But later when, when Lazarus had died and Jesus arrived four days after he had been put in the grave, Martha made a beeline to Jesus to tell him, Lazarus would have been alive had you been here. She wanted to make sure he knew the right thing that should have been done. But Jesus challenged her and walked her through an understanding of what, who he really was and what he meant to her to the point where she was able to admit she trusted him no matter what. So much so that now in this setting, in a setting of another dinner, Martha is serving. We see that she has learned from her challenge from Christ. Rather than becoming bitter and say, well, I'll never do anything again, or being aggravated and being set apart, choosing not to be around those people anymore, she chose to be a part of it and to use the giftings that she had to be a blessing and to serve. Our next character is Mary. And again, we need to look back at the two earlier settings that we find Mary in in the New Testament. The first one where she, at that dinner where Martha became so upset, she is sitting at Jesus' feet and is just in awe at what he is saying. I mean, here's a woman with the with kind of past that she had that probably sitting at his feet and just hearing about his mercy and grace was just more than she could comprehend. When she was distraught at Lazarus' death, she also ran to Jesus and said exactly the same thing that Martha had done, and it kind of makes you think maybe these two sisters had talked a lot about what Jesus should have done in their life four days before, but she ran to Jesus in, in her sorrow rather than just running to the grave. Then our scene here in this event, she's anointing his feet in worship. At this event, we see her pouring out the most expensive thing she owned. You see, she had probably bought a half ounce here, a part of an ounce here, and kind of kept adding to this jar of expensive perfume because that was going to be her financial security, her future. But she is breaking it and pouring it over his feet in worship and adoration to the Christ that she now loved. And it would become a, a memorable moment for a lot of us. The last person mentioned is Judas. And we see that his motives are questionable. In fact, he's the one that's displayed self-righteous indignation for the poor. But John clues us in that that's not the case. In fact, he didn't care about the poor. He was a thief. And the, word, the Greek word for thief here tells us that he stole in secret, and John lets us know he did it quite often. Unfortunately, Judas did not choose to accept Christ's healing for his life. He did not choose restoration for his life, and he lost it all. 
looking into the faces around that table, I think it'd be a good time for us to talk, stop and say, okay, how would we be portrayed in God's scrapbook? What would be our first encounters with him? What do our days of living life look like? Are we living God's dream? And I think we ought to just think about that for a moment. So let's start with just thinking about our scrapbook is going to be called Great Life Moments. And we're going to divide it into three sections. The first one is our beginning steps with him. This is those moments when we first understood that Christ loved me for me. Or if we were making our own headline for our, our, this section, we would say, Jesus accepts me right where I am. Here we would begin with pictures of our past. Some of those pictures may be difficult for us, painful. But you know, even scars can create healing in a life when we use them to help us to turn our direction and we turn to a right way of living. Can you picture when you first encountered Christ? For me, I was nine. Uh, I knew that I needed to have Christ in my life as I sat in my class of other nine-year-old girls that Sunday morning. I knew that I needed to invite him into my life. I didn't understand all the theology. I didn't understand maybe all of the, what it really meant but I knew that I knew that I needed to invite him into my heart to fill that place in my life that only Christ could fill. You know, and that's why I'm such a big believer in children's ministries. Because I went to church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. I sat with mom, my mom and dad through all those services. Anytime we had revivals every night, we sat there together. But it wasn't until I was in a class for my age level that the principles of God was presented in such a way that a nine-year-old could understand it and receive it that I accepted Christ. I think that's so important for us to, rec to remember as parents that our kids need that kind of age-level learning. That's why we have it here at Life Church that it's so important. My girls accepted Christ when they were little girls in children's ministries. My grandchildren all accepted Christ in children's ministries. In fact, last Sunday morning, my eight-year-old grandson was baptized in the Holy Spirit in children's ministries. That's the power of helping someone to understand Christ at their age level. But no matter who we are or where we come from, we all really need a savior. And he only steps into our lives when he's invited. But when he does, when he does, he gives us a whole new perspective. We can be a person that is self-righteous and steeped in religious activities. We can be a person that is desperate for healing. Or maybe we're a person that is so caught up in our own agenda for our life that we want it done our way or no way. Or maybe like Mary, we're just sitting utterly amazed that God would really, really care about ordinary me. Whoever we are, God comes to us 
and at that encounter takes the sum total of who we are and begins to build a dream, a plan. I love Psalm 32 where it says, Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt. You see, when you choose to let him get rid of the destructive things in your life, there is great joy. There is a great joy because you have a new start. Then we begin our journey, our journey of experiencing God. And so our headline for this section in our scrapbook might read, The Holy Spirit is with me through life today. I love how several commentaries relate the story of Lazarus being raised from the dead and the remark at how beautifully Jesus took the time with both Martha and Mary individually to share with them, to love them, to help, to help point them to an understanding of who he was and what he wanted to do in their life right in the midst of their pain, right in the midst of their loss. Life has a way of being full of frustrations, fears, confusion, but the Spirit wants to walk through all of those emotions with us and see that He wants to be in our lives. Isaiah 43 gives us the picture of that. When you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. This week when I was, I was praying, I just really felt impressed that there is someone here coming today, this morning, that it has experienced this, this week, the fire of oppression. If that's you and if you've experienced the fire of oppression this week in your life, and it's been overwhelming, look at, you begin to claim this word for you. You will not be burned up. You will not be consumed by the flames of that because God is with you and he loves you. That is our hope for today. Lastly, God begins to unfold a future that blows our mind. So this section might read, God's future plans are bigger than my wildest dream. Jeremiah 29 speaks to us for this. For I know... The plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Get that? I will listen to you. You will seek me, and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. Just imagine how these lives sitting around this table, the surprise that they experienced, Simon was reclining at the table with the one, the one he had studied about, the one he had prayed for all his life. Lazarus was God's illustrated message here of what was going to take plus place in his own son's life in just a few days. Martha and Mary as women we're not expected to even to understand anything. 
They were not expected to understand any depth of God. Yet Jesus let them see that they were a vital part of his plan too. And he let them experience more than they had ever imagined. Their brother was alive again. Our future is ahead of us while we are here as well as an eternity. And I think it's too easy to stifle God's dream for our lives here today. We think, let things like insecurities, people that remind us of our failures, maybe even just a lack of discipline to seek God, spend time with Him, those things create smoke screens so that we cannot see God's picture, big picture for us and for our lives. And so we settle into mediocrity with the thinking that Jesus doesn't really care about ordinary me anyway, so why get all excited? We get excited because God wants to be our Savior, because he wants to be with us. He wants to fill us with confidence to, to be used by him forever, every single one of us. That's why we can be excited. He really cares about the details of your life, what has brought you here to this moment. That became really real to me when I was only 17. I had spent the summer in Haiti as a part of a teenagers, uh, eight, with eight other teenagers as a part of a missions team that was a program with the Assemblies of God that allowed teens to be on the mission field and have those experiences in between school years. I had studied French, but Haiti's common population language was Creole, which is French-African. So we had to have interpreters every day when we went out each day for street evangelism. And it was an amazing experience, life-changing. However, that last day, the day before we were going to fly home, my friend, who was also from another small town in Kansas, uh, and I were without interpreters. So we decided, okay, we're going to pray for God to give us someone that we could talk to that could understand French so that we could have a, an opportunity to still share the gospel with someone. When they dropped us off in Port-au-Prince, we found a house. Now this is unique because all of our experience throughout the summer had been houses were lean-tos or closet-sized huts. So people did everything outside, eating, dressing, everything was outside. And so it was easy to walk along and be able to start conversations with people. But here was the house. And a young couple from France opened the door. They had moved there just two months before, and they were so homesick that they were thrilled to have even two American girls come in and talk to them in French. We chatted for a while. And then we shared with them that the reason why we were in Haiti for the summer was because we came there to share with people how much God really loves them. And that he has a plan for each and every one of us, no matter what kind of lives we have. We showed them we had a booklet that we would give to them that had scriptures that they could read and understand how much God loved them. They let me share the scriptures with them. And when I finished, my comment to them was, do you understand just how much God just did to make this moment happen? 
Four months ago, you were in France packing up, getting ready to move. Four months ago, I was sitting on my back porch in Newton, Kansas, memorizing scriptures in French just in case I was going to have this opportunity to share. God brought us from two different continents. He brought us to your house the day before, before we flew home to let you know he really loves you and he cares about the details of your life. They both asked Christ into their hearts and lives that morning. Talk about outstanding. Amen. <laughs> and with two 17-year-old girls, God has a sense of humor, I think. Jesus takes us right where we are. The Holy Spirit wants to walk with us each day so that God can fill our hearts with his dream so we're not satisfied with just getting by in life or existing, but actually fulfilling God's dream for us. God can go a, so far above and beyond anything we think possible every morning that we get up. What is God's dream for your lifetime memory? He's making a scrapbook of you too. Are you ready this morning to let God blow your expectations out of the water? Here at Live Church, we pray that you have a blessed week. Please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, or you can always go to LifeChurchUtah.com.